0: President Trump is back on the campaign trail, this time in Georgia, trying to prevent Democrats from taking control of the Senate.
1: Kelly's opponent, Raphael Warnock, is a dangerous extremist who is radically opposed to your values. He said he believes that, quote, nobody can serve God and the military. Oh, really? An appalling statement, that dishonors the memory and generations of American heroes who fought for God and for our country. Yeah, Raphael Warnock has openly declared his support for socialism, and he has even praised Marxists all over the world. He once hosted the barbaric communist dictator Fidel Castro. He likes Castro. I think so. he was a good man. He was a good guy, he said. He falsely slandered patriotic Americans as racists, He called police officers gangsters, thugs, and bullies. He supports abolishing cash bail. Look at what happened to New York with their cash bail. No cash bail, no bail. Don't worry about it. You killed somebody. Don't worry about it. You know, you're on the honor code.
0: You're on the honor code. (laughs) That's true. And that, frankly, that's only a fraction of the radicalism that we've seen from Warnock This Georgia Senate race, these two Georgia Senate races, are going to be extraordinarily important because the Georgia races are not over. The presidential race is not even over. We've got updates on all of it. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from last Friday on our first Friday show is from Daryl Fortune, who says, when someone asks me why I'm not wearing a mask, I always ask in response, why is yours not working? Why are you so concerned about my mask? I thought you're wearing a mask. I thought the masks work. Now, of course, what the left says is, no, no, you don't wear the mask to protect you. You wear the mask to protect everybody else. But actually, we've got some video evidence of the left uh, contradicting this point, because really the masks are not about protecting me and they're not about protecting you. They are about raw political power. And we've seen around the country, people are getting fed up with it, even in the most left wing places. There is a lot of uncertainty right now. There is a lot of chaos going on right now. And it's why when, when we're thinking of how to respond to all of these political questions, you also want to make sure you've got pretty stable investments. Here is something new. You know that the price of gold has been skyrocketing lately. Well, now there is a way to buy gold through a company called Acre. Now, the issue with investing in gold, I love investing in physical metals and I've done it for years. The issue with investing in gold is that gold is very expensive. <laughs> so usually we don't have thousands of dollars lying around to start buying gold bars. Well, Acre has come up with a way for you to subscribe to Gold Bars for as little as $30 a month. How is that possible? Gold costs more than $30. Well, what you do is you pay each month. Once your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they will discreetly ship Acre Gold to your house. Acre lets you invest in physical gold without coming out of pocket all at once. Acre then keeps you updated on your gold stash every month, and it ships once you reach the price threshold. Acre's physical delivery of your gold means that it is safe and sound, and in your hands. That's something you can rely on. They also just recently introduced their new $100 per month subscription to their five gram gold bar. I really enjoy investing in physical metal. I like having it in my hands, knowing it's safe and secure. Visit getacregold.com slash Knowles right now. Start investing in physical gold today. Make sure that you go to this URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar. To qualify for the giveaway, tweet or post why you should be the recipient, and mention at get underscore acre. That is getacregold.com slash Knowles. And thank you, Acregold, for supporting the show. President Trump down in Georgia to help out with these Senate races. I, I hope that this can put an end to a canard that I've been hearing from critics of Donald Trump for the past several weeks. Namely, that Trump doesn't care at all about Republicans keeping the Senate. Namely, that Trump doesn't mind if Loeffler and Purdue lose in Georgia, that he's only in it for himself. He's not trying to help the greater cause. Trump, uh, contrary to what some lawyers who are helping Donald Trump have been saying. Trump has consistently told people to go vote in the Georgia races. He has not told people to sit out the Georgia races, and he's gone down there to campaign. He is helping out in the Senate race. Very good. He is also simultaneously pursuing legal resource, recourse rather, in the presidential race. You can do two things at once. This was something we talked about last week. It seems that there is one group of people that says, we need to only focus on the presidential race, forget about Georgia. And there's another group of people that say, we've got to hold the Senate, we've got to focus on Georgia, forget about the presidential race. Give that up. One side is willing to throw out the Senate, the other side wants Trump to concede prematurely. Why can't we do both at once? That's what Trump is doing, and I think that's what we should be doing too. The fact that President Trump is unwilling on today, uh, December 7th, to concede the presidential race a day which will live in infamy according to the mainstream media if if Trump doesn't concede this is driving these mainstream journalists crazy take a listen Alex Azar the HHS secretary went on Fox News Sunday this weekend and talked to Chris Wallace who you will remember did not appear to be very friendly to president Trump at that presidential debate so he goes on and he's referring to president Trump and he's referring to former vice president Joe Biden Chris Wallace cannot tolerate that Alex Azar will not concede the race on behalf of Trump. If President Trump had worn a mask then and urged everyone to wear a mask then, back in April, the way Joe Biden is right now, wouldn't we be in much better shape? Well, Chris, I, I, I welcome Vice President Biden to the club since the middle of April. The president's guidelines for reopening you have called well, for wearing president masks. Elect, the president has called He's the president the president, has, the president has called mass patriotic acts every one of his top advisors we are out there saying wear your mask we talk about the data you know chris at 1 meter if two people wear the mask it can reduce viral transmission by 72% protecting both the source and the recipient we've got the data mask work we encourage people please wear a mask when you can't engage in social distancing But, but first of all, it's, it's the president elect Joe Biden, Secretary Azar. Uh, uh, First of all, it isn't president elect Joe Biden. Joe Biden is not the president elect. He simply isn't. Chris Wallace should have a warning label when he, when he posts this clip on Facebook or on Twitter saying that this claim is fake news or at the very least this claim is disputed. Had the election come out and the media declared the election for Joe Biden and then Donald Trump conceded, I guess it would be fair to call Joe Biden the president-elect, even though the electors hadn't voted yet. But that's not what happened. This is a hotly contested presidential election. There were lawsuits working their way through courts, very likely up to the Supreme Court. The electors have not voted meaning that as a technical matter, we, we simply do not have a president-elect. But because no one's conceded this, because the election is disputed, there is no argument whatsoever for calling Joe Biden the president-elect unless you are a partisan who is trying to confuse the public about a debated and contested presidential election, which is obviously what Chris Wallace is doing. This is something that, that very few people pointed out on Twitter, when Twitter had the, the line, it said, this claim is disputed. Right, they only put that on President Trump's tweets. But a friend of mine, Jim O'Neill, pointed this out, that if a claim is disputed, then you ought to put the, the disputed label on, on both sides of the claim. <laughs> so if Donald Trump comes out and says, we won this election, And Joe Biden comes out and says, we won this election. If the claim that Trump won is disputed, then that means that the claim that Biden won is disputed too. So you're supposed to put the label on both. But of course, the media don't want to do that because when they say disputed, they mean it's disputed by us. When they say uh, sources have called this election differently, the sources they're referring to are themselves and they want to make themselves the official authority for this, even though they are not. The, The courts have some authority here. The president has some authority if he were to concede. And the electors, of course, who will be voting not many days from now, have authority as well. Also, knocking down Chris Wallace's insistence that Joe Biden is the president elect is the Supreme Court. So, just yesterday, this is some big news on the Trump legal front. Sam Alito, Supreme Court Justice, asked officials in Pennsylvania to file briefs by tomorrow morning, by Tuesday morning in response to an emergency injunction petition filed by Republicans seeking to invalidate or rescind the results of the November 3rd election in the Keystone State. So I just did an episode with Senator Cruz on, on our show Verdict about this issue. Of all of the claims of election fraud or illegality or unconstitutionality, the clearest example of this is Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania state constitution prohibits the use of widespread unsolicited mail-in ballots, the kind of ballots that we saw in this election. It explicitly prohibits their use. You got to vote in person. There were some narrow carve-outs, but you have to vote in person there. The legislature in Pennsylvania overrode this and they said, no, you can vote by mail, widespread mail-in. But the legislature does not have the authority to override the Constitution. Now, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court came in and in a highly partisan and indefensible opinion, said, oh, never mind, forget about the Constitution, have your mail-in ballots, and enjoy however you're going to count them down there in Philly, guys. There is now a petition going to the U.S. Supreme Court to invalidate those results because they were patently unconstitutional. That is a very legitimate argument. Uh, However, there is a deadline for these things because we need to know where the electors are going before they go and vote. So uh, initially, this deadline was going, or initially rather, the Supreme Court was maybe going to hear this Thursday. It would have been too late. So they've reached this safe harbor deadline. What this seems to suggest is that the Supreme Court is going to weigh in on the election in Pennsylvania. Now, that wouldn't be enough to flip the presidential election. You'd You'd also have to flip Georgia and you'd have to flip Arizona. Is that possible? I suppose it is possible. Is it likely? It's not likely. However, however, it's worth pointing out, it is not impossible. The Trump team is still pursuing their legal options. Actually, our friend Jenna Ellis, who is uh, President Trump's lawyer, has come out and given uh, uh, news of great progress in, in the legal fight. And this could be the way, maybe the only way, to flip the votes in Georgia and Arizona, which is They need to prove that there was something fishy about the vote counting machines. We've heard the names Smartmatic. We've heard the names uh, Dominion. We've heard all of these sorts of rumors going around about software, hacking, manipulation. Now we're going to find out uh, whether that's legitimate or not because we could get a forensic audit here. Uh, We've got to listen to uh, Jenna Ellis's argument. And if you want to listen to it in a really wonderful way, I'd highly recommend you listen on Raycon. You know, another way that 2020 has thrown us for a loop, of course, is going to be this holiday shopping season. After everything that's gone on this year, you want to make sure that every single person on your list gets a gift that will actually make them say, hey, thank you. I needed this. This is really improving my year. It's been a little tough. Uh, The silver bullet gift idea, Raycon wireless earbuds. With seamless Bluetooth pairing and a comfortable noise-isolating fit, you can start listening right out of the box and keep listening for hours. The audio quality is phenomenal. It's comparable to what you get with other premium brands, except that Raycons start at half the price. I have a whole bunch of different wireless earbuds. I've got Raycons. I've got the expensive ones that you all know about. I've got the other expensive ones. And I try them on. I got to tell you, the other ones have problems. Raycon's very very reliable and much less expensive. Raycon is being generous for the holidays, so on top of their everyday great prices, they are offering our listeners fifteen percent off right now. Go to buyraycon.com dot com slash k n o w l e s get fifteen percent off your Raycon order. That is buyraycon.com dot com slash Knowles, slash k n o w l e s. So now, once we all affix our Raycon wireless earbuds, we can listen to Jenna's argument because. This is maybe a little bit of a Hail Mary, but there is a chance that this could flip the results
2: the big news uh, coming out of Antrim County, Michigan this morning, Pete, is that a judge actually granted our team access to 22 of the Dominion voting machines for us to conduct a forensic audit. So if you remember, this is the county that had the switch of uh, 6,000 votes from President Trump to Joe Biden, and that was an unexplained and so-called glitch. And so our team is going to be able to go in this morning at about 8.30, and we'll be there for about eight hours to conduct that forensic examination, and we'll have the results in about 48 hours. And that'll tell us a lot about these machines.
0: So we'll find out later this week if there is any substance to the claims that Dominion and the other software have uh, flipped the votes. Now, this is happening because of a judge in Michigan. Of course, if there is some sort of systemic issue with the software, then that's going to affect the certification of the, the results in other states as well. Some people passionately believe that these voting machines were rigged. They they see the glitches such as thousands of ballots being flipped for somebody else. They see spikes in the count and they say, this looks pretty fishy. They know that these electronic voting machines are vulnerable just by definition compared to older methods of voting. So they look at that and they say, absolutely, there was a, a rigged election going on through the machines. Then there are other people who say, this is crazy. This is a conspiracy theory. There's no chance that there any of the machines were rigged. Come on, get your tinfoil hat off. A- as always in this election fight, there is an option between these two extremes. The option is, okay, if, you, if you're so convinced it's a conspiracy theory, let us go in and take a look at the machines. If, if you're so convinced this is, a, then don't then don't wipe the machines. There was a judge order in Georgia not to allow people to wipe the Dominion voting machines and reset them. Cool, there's no problem. Then we're going to go in there and take a look at what's going on in those machines. Likewise, for people who were convinced there was rigging, okay, if you're so convinced, we'll go into the machines. We'll see if there's rigging. Time is running out because we live in space and time, right? We don't. We, this isn't going to drag on for eight or ten years. E- frankly, even if there was fraud, if you can't prove it in the amount of time, it doesn't matter. I, I often go back to the case of Lyndon Johnson, who stole his Senate seat in 1948. We now can know that with certainty. And we figured it out around 1990 for sure that he stole it. Well, okay, we got it. That's a moral victory, except he'd already served in the Senate. He was already vice president. He was already already president. And he already transformed the country through his political career. But they're just we didn't prove it in time. So we're going to find out, uh, as Jenna says, we should know within 48 hours. Fine by me. I'm more than happy to exercise the virtue of patience and say, we're going to see what happens here. More than happy to exercise the virtue of courage and resist calls to concede the election. Even if the mainstream media, even if the putatively conservative cable news channel is insisting that we do that. And we'll let the legal process play out. Now there is some sad news. Uh, One of President Trump's top legal advisors just got coronavirus. Coronavirus. Rudy Giuliani has tested positive for coronavirus. Rudy is older. He's 76 years old. He's not exactly in Olympic shape, you know. I mean, he's just an older guy who's a a lawyer, you know. He's not a a marathon runner or something. So uh, we hope that he recovers, of course. We hope he's doing very well. A number of blue check marks, a number of liberal opinion makers when this news came out suggested it was BS, said it was a cover, that actually, look, Rudy's been flying all over the place. He hasn't been wearing a mask. He's been shaking. Rudy got COVID months ago, okay? He's obviously already had it, and and multiple blue check marks have been suggesting this. The reason that they're saying he got it now is to kick him off the team because he's not doing a great job. I I have no interest in uh, uh, hypothesizing and sort of going through this gossip mill. My only point on the blue check marks argument here is it undercuts their alarmism. If they're saying that actually Rudy Giuliani secretly got COVID months ago, but nobody knew about it. He recovered. He was totally fine. It was just a little cough or something. Then why are we shutting down the world over this virus? If our fast food chomping, physical exercise eschewing 74-year-old president gets the virus and recovers in three days, why are we shutting down the world over this virus? If the virus has a far greater than 99% survival rate, why are we shutting down the world over this virus? I think the left, and they do this a lot. They attack the conservative position from opposite perspectives. They just use any cudgel they possibly can at their disposal. Uh, You know, either, they did this with George Bush, especially. They do it with Trump too. They'll say, "He's he's a dumb idiot. He's a dunce. He's the stupidest moron who's ever been, and that's why we've got to get him out of office. Also, he's an evil genius. Also, he's the greatest evil genius KGB agent that's worked his way up through the sheer brilliance of his mad, wicked mind, and that's why we've got to kick him out of office. Obviously, those things are contradictory. They just throw them at the same time, especially with Donald Trump, but you've seen it with other Republicans too. So that's what they're saying here. They're saying, Coronavirus is, look, look, it's so irresponsible. All these people in the president's orbit have gotten coronavirus. That's why we've, uh, we've got to shut down the country. But also Rudy Giuliani, he's a liar. It, Rudy Giuliani already had coronavirus. Okay, now he's covering it up now. And that's why we need to kick President Trump out of office. Those, those two justifications for different po- uh, political ends on the left contradict one another. They they don't realize that it cuts against their alarmist arguments. They don't realize how incoherent the lockdown measures appear, but people are getting fed up with it. And it's not just conservatives and talking heads and Republican politicians. It's not, it's regular old people, people who own businesses, people who are in very blue places. California, la la land, especially uh, under Mayor Garcetti's control, has locked down again. This was after restaurants shut down, then they reopened, then they were told they had to go outside. They invest lots and lots of money. A friend of mine who works for a restaurant in LA said they they invested $100,000 turning their parking lot into an outdoor area to eat. That was just shut down again too. So they're locking all that down. Meanwhile though, the pet projects of these politicians are allowed to continue undeterred. There was a woman in Los Angeles who stands to lose everything. She's a restaurant owner who points out that the politicians shut down her business, but they permitted almost an identical type of business to operate right next door.
2: So this is my place, the Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. If you go to my page, you can see all the work I did for outdoor dining, for tables being seven feet apart. And I come in today because I'm organizing a protest and I came in to get stuff for that. And I walk into my parking lot, and obviously Mayor Garcetti has approved this has approved this being set up for this being set up for for a movie company.
0: So if if you can not see this. This is an open area, giant tents, big tables, because LA is a show business town. And so they want to be able to make movies. And when you make movies, you need these areas for people to eat and hang out. So they set up functionally an outdoor restaurant right next to an outdoor restaurant. They say, no, the outdoor restaurant has to shut down, but the movie theater the, 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 or the movie production set may remain open. Why? Well, I don't know, because the restaurants spread coronavirus, but the movies do not. You might say, oh, those incompetent politicians, oh, they just don't think about it. Oh, how silly, how ridiculous. It's not just silly. It's not just something to laugh at. Many, many people are going to lose everything. They're going to lose their life savings. They're going to lose their business. Many, many, many people are going to be put out of work because these capricious politicians can't let go of power. They can't let go of their ability to arbitrarily decide what succeeds and what fails and and what people are allowed to do, which changes every hour of the day. And this woman is rightly furious.
2: I'm losing everything. Everything I own is being taken away from me. And they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio, which is right over here. And people wonder why I'm protesting and why I have had enough. They have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive. My staff cannot survive. Look at this. Tell me that this is dangerous, but right next to me as a slap in my face. That's safe. This is safe. 50 feet away. This is dangerous. Mayor Garcetti and Gavin Newsom is responsible for every single person that doesn't have unemployment, that does not have a job, and all the businesses that are going under. And we need your help. We need somebody to do something about this.
0: Absolutely right. Th- this is maybe the most ridiculous example of this you've seen, but you've seen other examples of this from the beginning. Here, you have actually two of identical operations. One is now illegal. One of them is legal. And actually, if it's movies, it's probably being subsidized in part by the government. That's ridiculous, but you've seen it from the beginning. You're allowed to go out and riot for BLM, but you're not allowed to go to church. Why? Because BLM and wokeism and political correctness is the established religion of the the liberal state and Christianity and Judaism are are repressed and suppressed religions. So you're allowed to go to the good religion, you're not allowed to go to the politically incorrect religion. Obviously, we can't rely on these politicians. We can't rely on their expert analysis. We can't rely on their advice. So we got to rely on ourselves. Now is a better time than ever to be prepared with long term nutritional food options. ReadyWise makes being prepared simple and affordable. You order online, you have nutritious meals shipped directly to your doorstep. ReadyWise makes being prepared simple and affordable. Order online, have nutritious meals shipped directly to your doorstep. When preparing ReadyWise meals, all you need is four cups of water. The water does not need to be hot. You just pour the food into the water. You stir it, you cover it. After about 15 minutes, the meal is ready. That is something that even I can prepare. Some meals can even be prepared directly in the pouch, eliminating the need for additional surprise, so, uh, supplies rather, and, and additional surprises because you, you don't want that when things are going south. This is about peace of mind, okay? you order it. Hopefully things don't get worse than they already are, but you want to know that you are ready if the time comes. This week, my listeners can get free shipping at readywise.com when entering Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, at checkout or by calling 855-453-2945. ReadyWise has a 90-day no questions asked return policy, so there's no risk taking the initiative to get yourself and your family prepared today. That is readywise, R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com, promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to get free shipping. Garcetti has a pretty weak response to all of this. Garcetti says to the New York Times in response to this viral video, my heart goes out to Ms. Marsden and the workers at the Pineapple Hill Saloon who have to comply with state and county public health restrictions that close outdoor dining. No one likes these restrictions. But I do support them as our hospital ICU beds fill to capacity and cases have increased by 500%. We must stop this virus before it kills thousands of more Angelinos. That's not an answer, buddy, because her problem isn't even that you've shut down the outdoor dining; it's that you've only shut down some outdoor dining. You've shut down her outdoor dining, but then you've permitted other outdoor dining to crop up directly next to her. No, no one is saying that if the policies were coherent, then we would have them. What we're saying is these policies are completely incoherent. One day we're told you can't wear the masks. The next day we're told you have to wear the masks. One day we're told you can't go outside. You certainly can't protest against the lockdown restrictions. The next day we're told you need to go gather en masse by the thousands to go protest for BLM or protest with Antifa. We're told by these, these scoundrels like Eric Garcetti, that we all have to make sacrifices. We all, look, we all have to, these politicians do not believe in this. They don't abide by their own mandates and they don't fear the virus. If they feared the virus, then Gavin Newsom wouldn't go to the French laundry and yuck it up with all his buddies, shoulder to shoulder, no masks indoors, and then come out and pretend, oh gosh, uh, what a lapse of judgment. Oh, I, what an accident. Nancy Pelosi wouldn't show up maskless to her hair salon. Chris Cuomo wouldn't pretend to be quarantining with the virus, actually go bike riding in the Hamptons, get into a fight with one of his neighbors because one of his neighbors made fun of him, called him out for lying on television, then lie about it on TV again. All of these people, Fauci wouldn't be caught with his mask down time and time again. These guys do not believe it. They do not fear the virus in the alarmist way that they are trying to get you to fear the virus. So obviously the left has been pushing fear from the very beginning here. They don't believe their own warnings, but now some liberals are going even further, right? Because the the alarmism is wearing off. So now there's a, a, a subtle shift in the argument. What they're suggesting is that it's unpatriotic, frankly, it's unmanly not to wear the mask. Pete Davidson, He's the guy who made fun of Dan Crenshaw on SNL. Pete Davidson just advanced this line of argument, also on Saturday Night Live, where he said it's people who aren't wearing the masks, who aren't abiding by the arbitrary and capricious lockdown rules. You know, they're just kind of being babies. I take it that you found these protests frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, man, they're making us look like babies. You know, you know, it's bad when even people in Boston are like,
1: ah, drink at home, you queers.
0: And do you think that people should stay at home until the pandemic gets better?
1: Yeah, everyone wants to go have fun, but there's plenty of stuff you could do at home. Like use your official Pete Davidson vibrator.
0: So then at the end, it, it's a callback to a sex toy, but it, it's, a, it's a non sequitur, right? And It's, it's something you see often in left wing humor is when they run out of the point, they just go to something grotesque and usually sexual but it's not, it doesn't follow. That isn't good comedy writing, right? It doesn't, there's no, there's no payoff there. And even what is, what is the, I mean, the argument is stay home alone and that will make you manly and mature. Don't go out and see people because going out and socializing and living your life and not living in fear is somehow childish. Doesn't work. SNL has not been funny for a very long time. Very rarely has it been funny over the past 20, even 25 years. But this, I don't even think left-wingers would suggest that this bit was funny. And the reason it's not funny is because it's divorced from reality. When people watch something that's funny, what's, what's the line that you'll often hear people say? It's funny because it's true, right? But when, it's, when something rings so obviously false, then it isn't funny. Because it's all ideology. An ideology is this abstraction that tries to recreate reality. And the less connected the ideology is from reality, the less it will resonate with you and the less funny these sorts of jokes will be. They don't believe it, by the way. They don't even believe it. There was a liberal TikToker who showed up to one of President Trump's rallies down in Georgia. And the, the point he was making was to shame Trump supporters into wearing the mask. And I don't think there's any question which person is manlier in this particular exchange, but I think it's pretty obvious that they don't even believe their own argument. You know, this is a a real gem of a video. This is a real jewel because it shows you exactly where the left goes wrong. And if you're interested in jewelry this holiday season, it's one of the most popular gifts you can possibly give. There's good reason for that you should absolutely check out the Pearl Source. You know, Pearl Jewelry is wonderful. It's lovely. Sweet little Elisa loves it. It doesn't need to break your budget though. At the Pearl Source, you can get very fine Pearl Jewelry, highest quality for up to 70% off retail prices. Why? Because the Pearl Source cuts out the middleman by eliminating traditional 5X markups by jewelry stores and selling directly to you, the consumer. The holidays are fast approaching Shipping carriers have an unprecedented amount of volume. Do not wait. The Pearl Source offers fast and free two day shipping on every order with zero contact delivery. Plus, with more than 20 years in the Pearl business and nearly 10,000 five star reviews, you can be sure that you are shopping from a trusted retailer. As someone who I actually have gone and bought Pearl earrings for Sweet Little Lisa before, when you go into the shop, they charge you so much more money. You can get superb quality and save a lot of that money, save up to 70% off retail prices, go to the Pearl Source for that. For a limited time, listeners to my show can take 20% off your entire order for the holidays. Go to thepearlsource.com slash Knowles, enter promo code Knowles at checkout for 20% off your entire order. If you want fine pearl jewelry at the best prices online, go straight to the source, The Pearl thepearlsource.com slash Knowles, enter promo code Knowles at checkout. Uh, we've got a lot to get to here. You've got to check out this exchange between the liberal... TikToker, the mask wearer, and the extremely manly Trump supporter, the ways in which people are pushing back on this sort of thing now, and the ways in which the left is undercutting even their own argument when it comes to the vaccine. But first, guys, we have a new leftist tears tumbler, okay? We have got a brand new and improved leftist tears tumbler. First time we've ever updated the tumbler. The reason for that is after years and years of use, guzzling delicious leftist Ears, occasionally. A little, bit of, a little bit of the color will chip off of the old Leftist Tears tumbler, especially if you're putting it in the dishwasher every single day. The new Leftist Tears tumbler, totally dishwasher safe. It will allow you to guzzle your Leftist Tears, not just for a few years, but in my view, for a few decades. A very, very snazzy join Daily Wire or upgrade your membership to get this absolutely wonderful tumbler. Uh, go check it out. You know, the Michael Knowles show is now five days a week. We're adding the entire PragerU catalog to Daily Wire, which is great because I host a show at PragerU called The Book Club. We've got Candace Owens coming. We've got all sorts of stuff. Head on over, subscribe to Daily Wire. We'll be right back with a lot more. So this left winger shows up to a Trump rally and harasses the Trump supporters. Why won't you wear the mask? You guys got masks? No?
1: No. Don't want one.
0: Why not? Because I don't need it.
1: Why? Do you need it? I would, yeah, you should wear one because there's a, pan, there's a global pandemic going on. Yeah.
0: Well, you got yours.
1: I got mine on. Yeah, Good. I'm trying
0: to be safe. Good. Okay, Thanks. But But you
1: could infect somebody else and, and they could get sick. Will you, will you please wear, will you please wear one? Excuse me? Will you please wear a mask? No. Please. Nope. For the don't. sake of other people, please wear one. Please, no, I'm begging you, <laughs> please.
0: Nope, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. How pathetic is that dude? <laughs> he's, he's pathetic and unmanly, but he's also, he's also deceitful and dishonest. Because on the one hand, how to abase yourself, to get down, I'm begging you, please wear the mask, please do it. And that guy, that just extremely cool Trump supporter, she's like, nah. Well, the masks, they'll make you safe. Oh, okay, well, you got a mask, right? So you're safe. So you, No, the masks, it's not that the masks protect the wearer, the masks protect everybody else. Oh, okay. So if that guy really believed that, if that liberal TikToker really believed that one, this virus was extraordinarily deadly, and he, a apparently healthy millennial, was at great risk from this virus. And B, that the masks don't protect the wearer. The only way the wearer of the mask is protected is if everyone else is wearing the masks. Then this guy basically just walked into a, a hive of poison, right? Because he, the whole point of the video is he's going to show up and all these Trump supporters are not going to be wearing masks and he's going to beg them, please wear the masks. But that means that he would have to think that he's he's walking to his death because we know the virus is going to kill everybody, right? We know that if, if someone else is not wearing the mask, then you, no matter whether you're wearing the mask or not, are at great risk. So this guy's walking to his death. So he's got to be a maniac, right? No, he just doesn't believe it. None of these people believe it. When they get down and they pester you and they bother you and they fly across the country to go find you to pester you, what they're trying to do is get you to acquiesce to their will. It has nothing to do with a virus. It has nothing to do with public health. It has nothing to do with compassion. It's just a pure power play by people who are even willing to abase themselves to do it, like this man. Some people, manly people, are ignoring these sorts of rules Disobeying them, actually, is a better term. Sheriff Don Barnes in Orange County, California, the great orange hope of that state, says, quote, the ever-changing nature of these orders and the increase of COVID-19 case numbers bring additional uncertainty and stress to California residents. The Orange County Sheriff's Department will remain consistent in our approach. Orange County Sheriff's deputies will not be dispatched to or respond to calls for service to enforce compliance with face coverings, social gatherings, or stay at home orders only. Deputies will respond to calls for potential criminal behavior and for the protection of life and property. Our actions remain consistent with the protection of constitutional rights. In other words, Gavin Newsom, two words and they're not happy birthday. Absolutely courageous stand, absolutely coherent stand, absolutely constitutional stand, absolutely scientific stand for that matter. Resisting this kind of scientifically and medically illiterate overreach, outrageous overreach. So the left has run out of arguments. Now, what do they do? You know what they do. What happens when the left runs out of even its own flimsy arguments to get you to comply with whatever they want? They call you a racist, right? That's obviously, that's how you know that you've won the argument is when a left winger calls you a racist or a sexist or a misogynist. And a Chicago Teachers Union is exhibiting all three of those strategies in one. So the AFTIFT local number one, this is a teacher's union represents 28,000 teachers and support staff in Chicago schools. They don't want to go back to work. From the very beginning, even the experts, the public health experts have said, there's no reason to keep schools shut down. The transmission of the virus from the kids to other kids and then from the kids to their parents and grandparents is relatively quite low. We need to keep the schools open. There's absolutely, even the the experts said no no scientific reason to keep them closed. But the teachers don't want to go back to work. Teachers unions are fighting to keep the schools closed because the teachers unions work for the teachers, not the students and not the parents. They don't have any argument anymore to keep the schools closed. So they tweet out yesterday, the push to reopen schools is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. And I think this teachers' union actually is teaching something. They're teaching students how to make up excuses that in this politically correct culture are unassailable. So, you know, a student could read that and and justifiably come, come home and say, you know, mom, the push to make me finish my broccoli, is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. You know, the push to make me do my homework, that push, historically, it is rooted in racism, sexism, and misogyny. There's no way, there's no way to refute this stupid declaration other than to laugh at it. But I think I'm going to start employing that too. The push to keep the schools closed is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. Now, they cry racism, they cry sexism, they cry misogyny on the left. But then they seem to change their tune when the races or the sexes change. So from the, from the beginning, we've been told the conservatives are science deniers. You've got these wacky liberals getting down on their knees to Trump supporters. Please wear the mask. Please comply. Please follow the experts. Follow the, believe science. Don't be a anti-vaxxer science denier. Now, Jake Tapper brings up this issue with a public health expert and says, what happens when certain people refuse to take the vaccine? A new Pew Research poll out on Friday suggests that less than half of black Americans say they will get a coronavirus vaccine if one were available today. I want you to take a listen to 52-year-old Carmen Bailey from Cleveland, Ohio. To me, it's too early.
1: You don't. We don't know any kind of side effects from them. So, I I just really feel like at this point, where it's people that's going to take that
0: vaccine, is guinea pigs. Oh man, oh man, Tapper must be salivating at how he's going to rip this woman. You know, frankly, to me, she seems somewhat reasonable. She's skeptical of the experts who have gotten everything wrong, and she's skeptical of the government, which is usually deceitful and duplicitous. But. That's just me. Jake Tapper hates these anti-science, anti-vax people. They're they're mass murderers. There was an op-ed actually that came out in USA Today said that the the COVID spreaders are, are mass murderers. They're serial killers. So you know Jake Tapper's gonna come in. He's gonna say, this dumb science, she's probably a Trump supporter. This woman has no reason to oppose the vaccine. She's endangering all of us. All right, Jake, let it rip. Now, this doesn't, this kind of skepticism doesn't occur in a vacuum. The US has an ugly racist history when it comes to science and medicine and black Americans. How specifically does Operation Warp Speed intend to address this skepticism, especially the disproportionate skepticism in the black community? What? No, no, Jake, Jake, you've been telling me from the beginning of this ridiculous lockdown that if I in any way question the lockdown, I am a science denier. I am a, I'm a wicked, dumb, stupid, uneducated person who's endangering everybody else. But then this lady comes out and says exactly the same thing. And you say, this doesn't occur in a vacuum. It's totally justifiable. We should all be skeptical just because she has a different skin color than I do. And that frankly, even I'm Sicilian. So, you know, it's a little bit more in the middle. It's a little swarthy. So maybe he would take me half seriously. He'd half allow me to do it. Sicilians have had a difficult history in this country, as we all know. That exposes for me the, the last hint of coherence. Because at least the, the one thing they had been g- talking about from the beginning on the left, Cuomo had been saying, believe science, follow the experts. That was the that was sort of the last bastion. They, they don't even believe that. They don't even believe that you have to follow the experts. If you have the right skin color, or if you, ha- if you have the right genitals, then you're allowed to think whatever you want. It, it is utterly incoherent. There is no reason to (laughs) listen to a word that these people say. There's no reason to follow a single one of their capricious rules. Before we go, speaking of extremes and skepticism and nuance, I I can't believe I have to say this. There was an op-ed in the New York Times that I somewhat enjoyed. I almost want to end the show right there before I, I don't, I hate that I have to say that. But Nick Kristoff in the New York Times published an op-ed that I sort of enjoyed. It's about internet porn. It's called the Children of Pornhub subheader. Why does Canada allow this company, Pornhub, I guess the largest, I think the largest porn company in the world. Uh, Why does, why does Canada allow this company to profit off videos of exploitation and assault? And the, the article begins, Pornhub prides itself on being the cheery, winking face of naughty, the website that buys a billboard in Times Square and provides snow plows to clear Boston streets. It donates to organizations fighting for racial equality and offers steamy content free to get people through COVID-19 shutdowns. That supposedly wholesome Pornhub attracts 3.5 billion <laughs> visits per month. Oh my gosh. More than Netflix, Yahoo, or Amazon, Pornhub raises, or rakes in money from almost 3 billion ad impressions a day, One ranking lists Pornhub as the 10th most visited website in the world. Yet there's another side to this company. It's infested with rape videos. It monetizes child rapes, revenge pornography, spy cam videos of women showering, racist and misogynist content, and footage of women being asphyxiated in plastic bags. A search for girls under 18, no space, or 14-year-old, or 14YO uh, leads in each case to more than 100,000 videos. Most aren't of children being assaulted, but too many are. You, You get the point. This brings us back to a debate that actually started last December, and it it kind of split the right. What to do about the online porn problem? You had people who, in the name of a very degraded and shallow understanding of libertarianism, said, nah, porn's great, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson would love it. They basically wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution so that we could all watch videos of this trash, this wicked and debased stuff. Uh, and so we got to keep porn, no regulations. And then you had another side saying we need to ban porn. Just ban it. This is obviously horrible stuff. Just ban the porn right now. And this debate ensued. And I, I thought both sides sort of missed the point. It, it gets to a lot of our public debates right now, actually right to the top of the show, we were talking about, do you defend Trump or do you defend Georgia? How about both? How about you do both? How about you allow Trump to pursue his legal options and encourage him to pursue his legal options and don't encourage him to concede? And then how about you also try to hold the Senate by voting for those two Georgia senators? Why can't you do both? I think on the porn debate, we can acknowledge there is no constitutional right to pornography. Pornography has been highly regulated, if not outright illegal from the very beginning of the country. We all, we still have laws against obscenity. We jailed pornographers as recently as a dozen years ago. The founding fathers made a very clear distinction between liberty and licentiousness. Okay, and they did not support licentiousness, and they realized that licentiousness, like Pornhub, is the opposite of true liberty, that it actually undermines liberty. Okay, that's that's the one hand. On the other hand, from the banned porn people, I think It's also worth remembering that conservatives are prudent. We have a practical quality to ourselves. It is not possible to eliminate lust from the heart of man. It's also not possible to eliminate the expressions of that lust. This is why some of the greatest theologians and moral thinkers in history, St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas, actually defended legal prostitution, not because they thought legal prostitution was a good thing, but because they acknowledged that it's the world's oldest profession. It actually predates politics just barely. I guess you might say it's a form of politics. The two seem very similar. And uh, Augustine and Thomas's point was that if you eliminated prostitution entirely, the, the entire civilization would be convulsed with lust. And so what you had to do is regulate it, You know, put, put it in one area, a red light district, for instance, Uh, and treat it seriously as the danger that it is, but also recognize that it's impractical, probably impossible to get rid of it entirely. Why can't we have that conversation? I think once we eliminate the kind of stupid idea that we have a natural or constitutional right to look at porn, and we also eliminate the imprudent and impractical idea that you can utterly eliminate porn, we can have a real conversation, which is that this is obviously a major problem confronting the country. You've got well, especially in this generation, you've got kids who have been exposed to this, young boys from very early age. They get hooked on it. It warps their brain. It warps their lives. It creates an addiction that a lot of people want to get away from. Uh, How about you can look at the number of people in this country. I there was some study that said 93 or 94% of men have looked at online pornography. And of course, the typical rejoinder to that is, and 6% of men are liars. <laughs> you know, this is, it basically is a ubiquitous problem. Uh, so how about you deal with that and say, yeah, this is, this is bad. This is, ver- this is different than having a Playboy under your bed in the 1970s. This is, the, the ubiquity of it, the ease of use, the, the uh, stimulation of it is, is, a, is a distinct problem. And then heavily regulated. You know, if I wanted to go buy a Playboy down the street, I would have to go and show an ID. Why do we not have the same mechanism for online porn, like like a website like Pornhub? To say, we're not going to completely outlaw the thing, but you have to to upload an ID. Because in that case, it's not just saying only adults can get it. I I actually don't think adults should be able to easily access it either. It introduces an element of shame. You have to show an ID, and therefore you're saying, I am openly going to be looking at this kind of material, which is very shameful. That would reduce the number of people who do it. Now, you might have people making fake IDs. You might have people getting around the rules. Sure, okay, uh, right. But as as conservatives especially, we should know better than anybody that you can't let the perfect get in the way of the good. You can't let ideological purity get in the way of practical results. You can't let these abstractions get in the way of prudence. If you could reduce this problem, a problem that's so bad that even left-wingers in the freaking New York Times are observing it now. It's not just the church ladies, you know, wagging their fingers. It's not just Puritans and, and prudes wagging their fingers. Everybody is recognizing this is a problem. Why not arrive at a sort of prudent solution? That, that is a central conservative insight, is prudence. And I think we ought to apply it to fraught public policy issues here. This is why I often encourage people not to cling to ideology you know, in the way that some people just, they break their politics down into three bullet points and they say, no, liberty means that I need to go look at porn all the time. No, it doesn't. Obviously it doesn't. And this applies to the presidential race too. Go win in Georgia. Go, go win at the presidential level. At least try. There's no reason not to try. And there's nothing admirable or virtuous about prioritizing that kind of abstract purity over practical results. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies, Executive Producer, Jeremy Boring, Our Technical Director is Austin Stevens, Supervising Producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling, Assistant Director, Pavel Wadowski, Editor and Associate Producer, Danny D'Amico, Audio Mixer, Robin Fenderson, Hair and Makeup, Nika Geneva, and Production Assistant, Ryan Love. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. A headline on Knucklehead Row, the op-ed section of The New York Times says, why do so many Americans think the election was stolen? Interestingly, the answer to that question is at The New York Times and CNN and the networks where they lied and lied and lied and now can't understand why we don't believe them. We'll explain on The Andrew Claven Show.